Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. This is Dude. I am here with Andy, as always. And we're the Album Nerds. We're going to talk some music. Andy, what the hell's happening, my friend? Not much, you know. Just uh, doing the, the quarantine thing that I've been doing. I'm getting really good at it, actually. Hunkering nice. down. You know, <laughs> streaming lots of stuff, as one does. Oh, my God. I can't imagine how many... Uh, gig of data have been used in the last few months by Americans and, and know, elsewhere right? as well. But God, it's blowing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did see one good thing I was going to just talk about real quick here. It's a little outside of our usual genres that we cover on the show, but I, I watched a musical on Disney Plus, uh, which you may have heard of <laughs> Hamilton. I think it's nope. been, I think it's a little popular. I thought maybe someone. So people like it. it. <laughs> Is it about George Hamilton, the famous tan actor? <laughs> kind of doing it before uh before our our current leader, commander in chief, he had the orange face going on. George yeah, Hamilton. I could picture exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just white teeth and a red face. Yep. Yeah. Uh no, it's about Alexander Hamilton, actually, ah, one of the yes. uh, founding fathers of our country. Yes. Uh, man, have you seen this? No, I don't do musicals, bro. I don't do musicals either, man. I really, I can't think of the last musical I've I've enjoyed. I mean, the, from what I've heard, the story sounds interesting—a new take on you know a modern take on historical figures and rap and all that stuff mixed in. I mean, it sounds cool theoretically, but how long is this? That's really the big, the big question. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, I can't really help you out there. I think it's it's definitely two plus, maybe maybe pushing three. That being said, there's intermission halfway through. You can take a little break, maybe. So what, pause, what, what was cool about it, dude? The performances are out of this world, like high quality. Everybody in it. There are moments that'll make you laugh, they'll make you cry feel good about being an American, which was just kind of like a nice, <laughs> a nice feeling to have again. Now this was, is this newly released or has this been out as a movie before? No, this is the first time it's been available outside of the theater. Okay. And uh, is it like a recording of the stage show or is it like a, the, a like movie production? The majority of it is taken from a couple recordings um, of the stage show on Broadway. Okay. Um, there were a couple scenes, I guess, they shot specifically for this release, more like close-ups that you couldn't really get on the stage. Okay. Um, I mean, because like, because I, I saw like Les Miserables in the theater as the the movie. <laughs> I think it's you know? Les Mis. I know. I refuse to do that. Um, <laughs> and except for the explosions and stuff, which were cool, the rest of it, I was just like Wolverine. You're, where are your claws? I can't take this. So that's why I'm afraid. I'm afraid of musicals, <laughs> dude. I this. I mean, it technically is a musical, but it is so much fun, and there's so much going on. I, I can't imagine being bored watching this. Like, I'm definitely gonna watch okay. it at least once again, right. if not. I've got twice. the Disney Plus, so I'll uh, maybe I'll, I'll keep checking in with you. Let All right. <laughs> if any of the, if any of you listeners out there have have watched it, please let us know your opinions on it and maybe that will help spur me to uh, yeah we gotta give you a little peer pressure here and yes you take the hamilton plunge <laughs> if you say so man all right, all right so back to business 
we got some albums to talk about here. Doing things a little bit differently than we have over the last few months. We're doing four records today, two new and two of our old favorites that we like to call Old Dogs. And we're going to get a little more in-depth on those um, this time around. Give us a little more time, a little more space to discuss the albums. Uh, so what do we got going today? What kind of stuff are we listening to? Uh, let's see. We've got a really cool like uh, folk rock, sort of psych folk Something kind of reminds me of the Grateful Dead coming up here first, and uh, another folk rock record after that, and then some funk and some rock to kind of round things out, and the old dogs. It's a classic album nerds uh, episode here for you, really. All right, why don't we get going? All right, for my new release pick here, we're talking about Rose City Band, and their album came out in May of 2020 entitled Summer Long, and boy, is this a good summer record to put on and just set a nice chill vibe for you oh my gosh all right we're gonna play a cut towards the beginning of the record this is entitled real long gone See the Right, that's a little taste of Real Long Gone by the Rose City Band. All right, so this is the second LP from the group. It's largely um, comprised of Ripley Johnson, most notably from Wooden Ships, and a band we talked about on the show, I believe, in the past, uh, Moon Duo. Have you heard of this guy before? Does, does this sound, sound familiar to you, or is this kind of... It does sound field? familiar. I was still surprised by it when I started listening to the album, but yeah... There's something What's I've that? heard before, but I can't. I couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah, kind of that hint of nostalgia here a little bit. So if I had to find the genres this record falls into, I would say psychedelic, like space rock. There's definitely some elements of folk. There's even some country mixed in here for good for good measure. Man, it is a very soft, hazy, just chilled out to the max. Everything is just dripping in reverb. Except Johnson's vocals, which are kind of like sit right in the middle of the mix, are very clear. I think kind of fit nicely into that dynamic of of super hazy and then kind of like this nice soft vocal laid out. Would you call the album dope? <laughs> I would say it's a pretty dope record. Are you alluding to perhaps some influence? I, that yeah, may I'm have just been saying, you know, there it's a it's a little smoky. It's smoky, which, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it smells a little skunky. (laughs) There could could be some skunks involved in the production of this album, I suppose. Is that the main vibe you got away from this? Kind of like a drugged out, hazy affair? Not drugged out, but like the happy, the happy high sort of. um, Like I didn't think of the Grateful Dead, but I should have. I thought of late 60s, early 70s sort of. Uh, jangly psychedelic type stuff but i i did not i it does have a the vocals have a jerry garcia sort of yeah sound yeah i I didn't it it didn't dawn on me and it should have yeah the record starts out with a couple pretty tight songs Uh, a couple of them which like when i first heard them i was like wow this is almost like a country record yeah, especially like empty bottles and only lonely um but there are there are grateful dead tracks and albums that yeah 
our country, country. For sure. By today's standards, anyway. Yeah, totally. As the record progresses, I think it gets much more spaced out and more into like that um, psychedelic vibe goes on, especially towards the end there. They actually have the last two tracks kind of blend into one and that could have a nice like 10, 12 minute jam, which is like super, super Grateful Dead sounding, which I love. I think, you know, most people who are into that general vibe would appreciate as well. Yeah, I really thought you would love this record, Ben. When I first heard it, I felt like this was kind of like in our like our Venn diagram of of things yeah, that we both would appreciate. Over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I did like it. I mean, I I don't know if I spent enough time with it to love it, but it we could get there. I did enjoy it quite a bit, though. You know, I, I like stuff that calls back to when rock and roll was king, <laughs> and I I do I do enjoy that. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I wouldn't, it's like, it, it, there's definitely an immediate appeal to it, but it took me a long time to really get into it. I really debated on whether we should talk about it or not, but I ended up really, really, really enjoying it and listen to it quite regularly now. And I feel strongly about recommending it. So I think, uh, I think fans of the show would probably appreciate this one. If you haven't heard it yet, it's, it's a Rose City band and the album is Summer Long. All right. So on a similar tip, so this one is a kind of a folk country, but a little darker vibe and a little more modern. This is John Moreland. The album is LP5, and the track is Harder Dreams. All right, so that was John Moreland. The album is LP5, and the track is Harder Dreams. John Moreland, born in June of 85, so fairly young guy, American singer-songwriter from Tulsa, Oklahoma. LP5 is the fifth studio album, and it was released back in February. I just kind of stumbled across this one. I've listened to John Moreland before. Have you, Andy? Nope, never heard of him before. Okay. Yeah, he's kind of a gruff Steve Earle sort of vibe to him. Uh, dark lyrics, gravelly voice, a little Springsteen-y at times as well, and very usually pretty sparse. Um, guitar, some drums, and some organ here and there. But in this album, what caught my ear was the loops and um, beats and kind of electronic flourishes did you i mean did you hear that in here andy i i did and i was a little bit i was surprised for myself that they were because it didn't really fit with the general vibe in the first couple tracks um but yeah then i was like i'm surprised the dude appreciates this because usually the electronics send you running the other way i've listened to his albums before and i've i've always liked him but the the texture and I think that's where electronic music can be cool is when it's part of the recipe and not just beep beep boop boop pop pop and that's it. This is this is a guy who I guess he's been making beats and things for years and just never felt comfortable making it a part of it's not his sound. And he had the guts to interlace that here and it doesn't overtake 
who he is or how it sounds. And I think that's what is cool. I mean, it's self-performed and self-produced. Um, he's on independent labels, does his own work where he puts the records in the mail and, and all that stuff. He's an independent artist. But man, I really dug it. And I thought it was a good use of that sort of sound. And did you, did it grow on you? Was it, did you like it? I mean, I know you said what you thought I would think, but what did you think? The record as a whole, yeah, I, I think I almost pretty immediately took to it really because of his lyrics, I think are pretty, very strong. Yes. Very thoughtful, very heartfelt, um, a little bit, you know, depressing, I guess, but not that oh, that's definitely. a bad thing. And I, <laughs> I thought these sounds kind of made it less depressing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does help lift things a little bit. A lot of like introspection, like stuff we would you'd hear on a folk rec- record like this. Um, it feels lonely. I think that kind of like the way it's recorded sounds like there's a lot of space between the different instruments, which may kind of builds that loneliness vibe a little bit. I guess my only complaint, and it's not really a complaint, is it just sound. He just sounds like a little bit low energy, like almost like he's defeated, which could just be like what how he feels on these songs because like he's talking about some well, there's one song called i always let you burn me to the ground yeah i mean you gotta sound a little defeated singing about that kind of stuff yeah that's kind of his thing and I, and that's why i thought this his other albums if, if you go back and listen to some of them they're similar uh same kind of dark lyrics introspective uh there's some organ and stuff and drums, but I really do think that that texture adds something that makes it feel more human, more connectable. And I rarely would say that with electronic instrumentation being used. I'm shocked. But I'm shocked. It, yeah, that, it shocked me too because I'm listening to him like this. Wait, that first song, Harder Dreams, sounded like John Moreland, and then it started having like sounds in it. I'm like, what? And then as as the album progressed, I'm like. I think there's drum loops in this thing. And then I did a little <laughs> research and and uh, just thought it was an interesting listen for a talented guy that I've enjoyed in the past uh, taking a chance on something. So Yeah, just, I mean, just to be clear for the audience, who hasn't heard, there is live instrumentation. There's guitar oh, yes. and, and yeah, absolutely. And guitar, and yeah. uh, I think uh, the organ playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like one of his albums, but with some loops and some sounds that kind of uh, fill it in a little bit. And uh, But it's not an electronic-sounding album. Yeah, yeah. good call. Right. No, it's, it's a, he does a nice job blending it together. And to record this, I don't know if he recorded it at home or what if there was a studio involved, but it sounds it sounds really great, great for like oh, yeah. independent Very type of release. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to hear something interesting, an interesting blend of, of this is Dude Nandy's baby right here. Uh, it's called... Excuse me? <laughs> it's called... <laughs> Well, you like the electronic music, and, oh, okay. and I like the 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 simple guitar-driven type stuff. So it's a little bit of both worlds, and um, it's well done. So John Moreland, LP5, go check it out. All right. On that note, time to, uh, time to bring in some of the dogs from the yard here. Oh, dogs. All right, it's that time where we uh, dig into our record crates here and dust off some old vinyl and uh, give them a little spin and talk about why we are keeping these records around for so long. For my selection, we're going back to 1974. What a great year. 
<laughs> you weren't even alive, bro. No, it wasn't even close. Were you alive? No. Yes, I was. You yes, were? Was. Yes. No. Oh, my God. Yep. Holy shit. Well, I'm sure you remember this release from uh, <laughs> from uh, Betty Davis. We're talking about her uh, sophomore record entitled They Say I'm Different. We're going to play the opening cut here, which is entitled Shooby Doop and Cop of Dude, we gotta get some more funk on these shows, man. That was such a good, such a good vibe there. So, Buddy Davis, I don't think we've talked about her on the show before. No. Give a quick background on her. Born in North Carolina, became kind of a critical part of the art scene in New York City in the 1960s. Was a fashion model, married to Miles Davis, you know, ran a lot of those circles with a lot of the, um, big name artists in the uh, in New York City there. Supposedly, she turned Miles on to uh, Jimi Hendrix. I read that too. And uh, Sly and the Family Stone. And I guess they were all good friends and uh, hung out a lot. Yeah, that marriage didn't last very long, but uh, I think kind of helped propel them both in different directions. Uh, Miles went on to do some very kind of avant-garde records uh, after their marriage, I think. Uh, and then Betty went on to really release some amazing records here. We're sure she put out three records in, at a total. Um, this is her middle one we're talking about today, but they're all really good, high-quality stuff. And kind of like what she was known for was her very flamboyant sexual energy, which was still, at, at this time, was still very taboo. You weren't hearing things like, you know, Beyonce back in the 70s, she was really became more of like a female predator, which kind of we just heard in that last track there, where she was seeking out men as opposed to the opposite, where women were kind of viewed more as an object to be desired. Uh, she the was gazelle. Really, yeah, women. she's like the cougar, like chasing down <laughs> these, uh, these, these guys. Yeah, she's here. the lion, not the gazelle. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, she's the lioness for sure. Anyway, before I get to get into all their antics and stuff here. What did, what did you think of this, man? Had you heard of her before? I hadn't. I, I don't even think I've heard a song before. I mean, it was, I, I loved the music. And there were times where vocally I wasn't a huge fan of the <laughs> stuff. It was a little, um, it reminded me actually of Macy Gray at times. Oh, okay. Vocally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was cool. I mean, hearing a funk type uh, something funky from this era that I've never heard before is awesome so it was definitely uh, like an adventure to listen to it uh, I had not heard of her I did a little research found out the Miles Davis thing which was fascinating um, so yeah I, I'd be interested in at least checking out the rest of her catalog it sounds like it's not too deep so yeah it's really just the three records she did at least one a little bit later on kind of like a, you know demos type thing um, but I think the three that are out there are really solid. The comparison I hear a lot in reading about her is uh, Tina Turner. 
okay. in terms of vocal style, like kind of like yeah, that raw that. energy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of forget about the Tina Turner before Tina being her own thing when it was Ike and Tina and there was a lot more of that kind of um, bellowy sort of uh, aggression Mm-hmm. And the Tina Turner as a solo artist that became super famous in the 80s was a little more reserved. Yes. Yeah. This is definitely the Sultry more aggressive kind of side thing. here. Um, the thing I like about her music, kind of aside from the strong like sexual vibe she's given off, is the there's a lot of blues going on in this mm-hmm. funk here, which I think is kind of yeah. cool. And that largely comes from her past. She was brought up. Uh, listening to a lot of blues in her family and you can hear that influence in her singing but also the band itself too Um, we're actually going to play another cut from the record here just a little bit further along Uh, this is the title track in which she actually lists out a whole bunch of her blues influence Um, so we're going to play this is uh, They Say I'm Different Yeah, so definitely a lady who knows her blues, knows her rock, knows her psychedelic rock, and you can hear those influences coming into the music here, which I can definitely appreciate. Yeah, well, do we know, did you dig in at all to who was in the band? Because they're really good. Yeah, they're pretty solid. Um, actually, so the lineup completely changed from her debut record, which had some more notable musicians on it. This is, um, I don't want to say lesser known musicians, but... Uh, not as noteworthy, I guess. Um, okay. They t- they sound solid. Like I think they definitely yeah. hold their own, especially the the rhythm section. I think is is right there and really provides that funk that you want in this this style of music. And I can't believe I missed the Tina Turner, but now that you say it, and then I hear her again, I totally hear it. So yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So you know, she wasn't much of a commercial success. I'm not super surprised that you didn't hear about her, man. Like. She didn't have a big single. She wasn't played on the radio. I think largely because people kind of looked at her as like a predator, like we were saying. Like she just was not, what she was putting out there was not socially acceptable at this time. And even today, like it sounds pretty in your face. I mean, there's a song called He Was a Big Freak in which she talks about like whipping her uh, partner and just like some pretty, you know, somewhat explicit stuff yeah. talked about. So yeah, pretty cool find, man. I, I, uh, I enjoyed listening to it for sure. And it's, like I said earlier, it's fun to hear stuff from that era in particular that you haven't heard before because that funk, is it, funky stuff is just hard to put down. Yeah, man. That was such a great such a great time in music in my opinion. If you're interested in digging into Miss Davis a little bit more, there's a, a nice like hour-long documentary on Amazon Prime right now. It's, it's called They Say I'm Different. It goes into... A lot of this record and how it was made and people involved and you kind of get into this she's become kind of a recluse really after these records you know were popular and and she kind of faded from the limelight completely and no one had really heard much from her in the last few decades um 
So interesting to kind of get a little bit of backstory on her. She was such such a, a force in this period and it's uh it's cool to hear kind of someone early at their prime and, and doing something that I think it really hasn't been matched since then. So once again the album is They Say I'm Different by Betty Davis. All right. So on a completely different note, we've got a <laughs> band from the early two thousands that sound like a band from the nineteen eighties or seventies. So we're going to check out The Darkness. The album is Permission to Land. And the track is Love on the Rocks with No Ice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love on the Rocks with No Ice from the Darkness from the 2003 album Permission to Land. I loved this record when it came out. Uh, <laughs> the Darkness, our British rock band, formed in Lowestoft, Suffolk in 2000. Uh, two brothers, Justin and Dan Hawkins, and then uh, the other pieces. Sorry, guys. Okay, it was Frank and Rufus. So it was their debut album of six. Andy, your feelings on the darkness, was that something you were into back in 2003? No, I had not heard of this. <laughs> really? No. You hadn't heard, uh, I believe, in A Thing Called Love? That was a pretty big hit. No, I had not heard of it. I think you really? may have mentioned this at one point uh, that I've known you, but no, this was not something I had ever Wow. Pursued well, willingly. What'd you think? Uh, oh man, I don't know. Let's see. I guess I guess just in general I couldn't tell and I'm still not really sure if it's serious or not. It is, but it's with a sense of humor. I mean, so this band came along Apparently, the lead singer had been doing karaoke and was doing Queen songs and realized how high his falsetto could get. That was the story yeah. back at the time. And they had a love of 70s and 80s, like glam rock and stadium rock, and went about trying to have a that kind of band. Uh, a lot of record labels didn't think they could do anything with them during that time. I mean, we kind of had, you know, Audio Slave and sort of that super group period and mm -hmm. um, Queens of the Stone Age were kind of coming out hot around that time, but rock and roll was sort of starting to slow down and it was super groups and, and uh, artists that had already established themselves for the most part, yeah. fighters, et cetera. So this was like after that, the strokes and all of those, that that garage rock revival, this was sort of like the glam rock revival. I mean, they ran around in leopard print, onesies and the whole thing but the songs are good but yes there is a sense of humor there's a cheeky british sort of um just this underpinning sense of humor where they don't take themselves seriously they know they're kind of being goofy but they you can tell they love the music and that it was this perfect mix 
Their other albums have been okay. I've liked them. But this one just brought me joy. This is a time, like I said, I was getting older. Rock music was kind of not doing anything new or daring. And I had started going backwards. I'd started getting into metal, 80s metal, that I had not really paid tons of attention to. And this came out around that time. So, Well, I can definitely picture uh, you know, the dude 17 years ago in your pickup truck jamming out to these vocals oh. as this comes out. Man, this is yeah. like so your jam. Oh my gosh. That's yeah, the, I mean, his, you know that that's one of my favorite type of Oh yeah. Of I course. love that kind of singing. Everybody knows. And that. you know, there's this some A C D C sort of bluesy riffage in here too, but yeah. shit man, I love this thing. And there were just a lot of fun songs on here it was just guys being funny. That's why I thought I wasn't sure like I wasn't sure I was in on the joke, I guess is how I feel about this there's some tracks where i'm like okay this is obviously way over the top and they're trying to you know make me laugh a little bit but there's other songs i felt like were a little bit more serious yes um yes so i was like i don't know i can't decide like wow i should feel like so all right so one of the silly ones that i enjoy is called friday night let's listen to a little clip All right, man. I love this song. It's so cheeky, as they say in Britain, and silly about yes. all the things, all the activities that you have to do to keep yourself occupied waiting to be together and dancing on a Friday night. You've got Pinochle and badminton and all it, all these <laughs> these goofy activities that you have scheduled throughout the week. Uh, and one of the earlier in the song where he's like, all oh, the extracurricular activities. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> God. <laughs> and it's just so silly, but it just, it tickled me from the very beginning. I just really enjoyed it and I can't explain it. I've had to defend myself many times over the years, but yeah, uh, I, I think it's that. an awesome, awesome record with that sort of glam rock sound, operatic vocals that will make you rip your throat if you're trying to sing along in the car <laughs> but it is just a ton of fun can we just uh can we just quickly talk about uh the second track get your hands off my woman which features yes. some of those uh operatic Absolutely. vocals that's one of my favorites as well that's definitely uh, my favorite like, i think that's the one i can get behind the most because it feels a little <laughs> little silly but it's still really fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very high pitched song. I have a tiny I have a tiny little clip here. Okay. Let's just listen to that real quick. And it's essentially a dude with a really high voice saying, "Step back from my lady." <laughs> and it comes up so a lot hilarious. in this house. It's so hilarious. If, if my dog, he will climb all over my wife when she just gets home, and he won't leave her alone. And sometimes that's exactly what I sing to him. 
I've even put that song on and played it to my dog because (laughs) I just am looking for opportunities. Perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that is an amazing song. I think that like <laughs> it's probably worth if you're on the fence with well you should listen to this record now give that song a listen if you like that maybe you can get behind the rest of this yeah I'm that's not a good sure point. on there but I think that's, that's <laughs> I think it's a good starting point yeah so go check out the darkness permission to land it's goofy but uh, it rocks and it's fun <laughs> well my friend we've come a long way in this episode. We really you have. appreciated electronics and in, in folk rock music, and we even had some seventies funk, and then we ended with with that, that lovely little operatic masterpiece there. Yeah, that dude's voice is. Whew. Yeah, it's up there. Anyway, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, what are you listening to? We'd love to know. Uh, shoot us an email at podcast at albumnerds dot com. Hey, we'll definitely reply to you. Uh, either way. Yes, no matter what you say. That's right. Uh, Yeah, also subscribe to and download the show in all the usual places. But if you happen to be an Apple Podcast user, please give us a five-star review. Wink, wink. Uh, And and, uh, type up a little something about the show. That'd be awesome. It could really help us out. And uh, make sure and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at album nerds and you can check me out at album nerds dude on instagram i post some stuff from my personal collection word up don't forget we are on spotify you can also stream the show there as well as uh we put some playlists up where you can uh, listen to tracks from this episode and uh you know it's a good jumping off point if you want to listen to this whole record so anyway uh yeah yeah wow i think we'll probably do this again right i had a good time yeah, it was cool. And uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show, but I only have one more thing to say. Well, I did not see that coming. Well, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you in a couple weeks. See ya.